Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number three of the Bible 2021 podcast. Today, we're focused on the anger of Jesus. What could possibly get Jesus mad? Hello, friends. Welcome to new listeners from Borsad, Hungary, Manipur, India, Greensboro, North Carolina, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Dallas, Texas, and sunny Bakersfield, California. Thank you to everybody for joining us for Bible 2021. We are a daily podcast. We're going to be digging into 10 minutes of truth from the Word of God by reading one Bible chapter a day. Now, our focus this year is on daily Bible reading, so you can jump in at any time and join with us. Our goal isn't to read a set amount during the year or to complete a certain amount of the Bible in the year, though we will go through the entire New Testament and lots of the Old Testament as well this year, but Our goal is rather to cultivate a habit of daily Bible reading and Bible discussion. So whether you join us on January 1st or August 30th or whatever, you're in good shape. Shout out to Courtney and Susan Johnson who left the first iTunes Apple podcast review for the year. Thank you guys for your faithful and frequent encouragement. Friends, podcast reviews and sharing the show on social media is a big help in getting more and more people digging into the Word of God with us. So thank you to all of you who share on Facebook and share on Twitter like our friend Willem Dykstra. We appreciate you so much. Don't forget about our new webpage, Bible2021.com. That's Bible in the year, 2021.com, 2021.com. There's a contact page there. I'd love to hear from you, as well as show notes, transcript, and more. Let's talk about anger a little bit. Urgh. You've probably heard that it is not always sinful to get angry. In fact, Paul in Ephesians 4.26 quotes Psalm 4.4, which says, Be angry and do not sin. Reflect in your heart while on your bed and be silent. Now, both of those passages indicate that it is apparently possible to be angry, but not in a sinful way. Paul in the Ephesians passage adds this, Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. So one way that anger can turn to sin is to let it fester and become bitterness, and another way to let anger turn into sin is to lash out at people. And when we do that, when we let our anger turn into sin, well, it gives the devil, the accuser, an opportunity to harm us and harm other people. Now that said, There is apparently a good time to be angry and certain things we should be angry about. No, I'm not talking about a blown call in an important football game, but things much more important than that. If I were to ask you to think of a time Jesus got angry, you'd probably say when he made a whip and drove out the money changers from the temple, but actually today's passage is not about that, and it explicitly says that Jesus was angry about something, but it didn't have anything to do with the exchange of money. So let's go read Mark chapter 3 and see what it is that makes Jesus angry and how he handles himself when he is angry. Mark chapter 3 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Jesus entered the synagogue again and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, Stretch out your hand. 
So he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Immediately, the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him how they might kill him. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a large crowd followed from Galilee, and a large crowd followed from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. The large crowd came to him because they heard about everything he was doing. Then he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him so that the crowd wouldn't crush him. Since he had healed many, all who had diseases were pressing toward him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! And he would strongly warn them not to make him known. Jesus went up to the mountain and summoned those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him, to send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve. To Simon he gave the name Peter, and to James the son of Zebedee, and to his brother John he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Jesus entered a house, and the crowd gathered again so that they were not even able to eat. And when his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind. The scribes who had come down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and he drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. So he summoned them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is finished. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they utter, But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and sitting outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. So after the paralytic incident we discussed yesterday from Mark chapter 2, Jesus finds that he is being very carefully watched by the religious leaders to see if he does anything else that raises their ire. And he most certainly does, and he doesn't do it in a hidden way at all. Here's the passage in verse 3, 4, and 5. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, the Pharisees and scribes, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Well, what made Jesus angry? Well, the best answer, the obvious answer, is the hard-heartedness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, you almost want to say legalism here, but that's not exactly it, depending on how you define legalism. In this case, it's not that the Pharisees are insisting that Jesus obey every command of the Word of God to the letter, but rather they are insisting that Jesus obey the traditions and teachings that had been added to the word of God over the years. 
Now, the Bible does not at all say to not heal people or help people on the Sabbath. The Bible commands that no work at all be done on the Sabbath. Over the years since the law of Moses was given to the people, all sorts of traditions had been added to that command. And in many cases, the Jewish people paid more attention to those traditions than they did to what the Word of God actually said. They added to the Word, and then they considered their additions to be equally important or of greater importance than what God had told them. This sort of stubbornness caused Jesus to be angry and grieved, and he knew it represented hardness of their heart. Well, how did Jesus handle his anger? What did he do about it? Well... He simply looked at the hard-hearted Pharisees with anger and grief. One big thing to notice about this passage, it is in response to the healing of this man on the Sabbath day that the Pharisees first began plotting to kill Jesus. This healing is probably in concert with uh, forgiving the paralytic sins from yesterday, what led to the initial murderous rage of the Pharisees. Now, I find that very telling of their nature and character as a group. And Charles Spurgeon sees a lot in that particular look and response of Jesus. So let's turn to one of the ancient spiritual giants for some wisdom. Spurgeon says, In that look of Jesus, there were two things. There were anger and grief, indignation and inward sorrow. He looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for their hardness of hearts. He was angry that they should willingly blind their eyes to a truth so plain, an argument so convincing. He had put to them a question in which there could only be one answer, and they would not give it. He had thrown light on their eyes, and they would not see it. He had utterly destroyed their chosen pretext for opposition, and yet they would persist in opposing him. Evidently, it is possible to be angry and to be right. Hard to many is the precept, be angry and do not sin. And this fact renders the Savior's character all the more admirable since he so easily accomplished what is so difficult for us. He could be angry with the sin and yet never cease to be compassionate with the sinner. His was not anger, which desired evil to its object. No touch of malevolence was in it. It was simply love on fire, love burning with indignation against that which is unlovely. Mingled with this anger, there was grief. He was heartbroken because their hearts were so hard. That's a good word from Spurgeon. And let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of January. It is from Mark 1.15, and it says this, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. One more time. Mark 1.15, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Good day to you, and Godspeed.